Well, good morning. Like I said, my name is Daniel. I'm excited to be here today. Jeremy kind of stole a little bit of my thunder, though. What about our pastor? Let's give it up for our pastor. You know, last Sunday when we had our practice, I was just sitting there, just tears rolling down my face, just those pipes. It's like a mix between Beyonce and Jesus. I don't, I don't know exactly <laughs> what it is. Some of you all got that. Yes. Um, but last week, Pastor Justin finished up the Summer of Sioux series, and he was talking about Marvin K. Mooney and how we all have to be obedient and make ourselves available to God. And if God says go, we need to go. And I'm really glad that he finished up the Sioux series because I have a hard enough time talking as it is. You throw all that gibberish and nonsense in there, it just would have been a crazy mess. But this week, we're going to be in week one of the Junk Drawer series. And what the Junk Drawer series is, is it's kind of where we have some messages that we need to get out, but it's not really part of a series. So we're in week one of the Junk Drawer series. Though so last week, Pastor Justin, I'm going to kind of piggyback on what he talked about last week. I was actually starting to get a little nervous. I thought he was going to preach mine for me. And, you know, you would have gotten some glitter then. I'm just saying. But So we're going to go on and get started, but I'm going to start with a question. Has anybody in here ever been hungry? Okay, good. There's three of you. Um, not like I had Chinese for lunch, it's 4 o'clock and I'm starving. Or, you know, we've been in this car for six hours and if we don't pull over soon, I'm eating the weakest one in here. Or, but any of, now any of us that have had children, or I'm, I'm assuming some of you, you teenagers and, and young adults know what true hunger is, especially when you get home, there's nothing to eat. You look at your parents and say, there's nothing here. Surely we will die, <laughs> you know. Now, I'm talking about really hungry. If you've ever been here on a Wednesday night for the youth, you will see hunger. You see the videos of, like, them chumming the waters? Like, it's just this calm, and then you toss out a, you know, a dead fish, and then all this stuff swarms. That's kind of how it is on Wednesday nights. Th that's a little bit of hungry, but... You know, despite my size and what it typically means, I know what it means to be hungry. Um, I have taken part in uh, spiritual fasting before. And there was one time I went almost three weeks with nothing but water and just apple juice a few times. Um, now, despite being closer to the Lord and hearing his voice uh, more clearly and I refreshed myself spiritually, I was hungry. I was not pleasant. That's before hangry was a term that we use all the time. Now, I was so hungry, I'd eat the rear end out of a dead skunk. You know, it was getting there. I would almost eat macaroni and cheese. It was getting close. It was starting to smell good. That's the worst food on the planet, by the way. That's why I threw that in there. But here in America, we don't really experience famine. Now, there are people that, that have hunger issues and go hungry. But here in America, I mean, we have Grubhub or DoorDash. Has anybody ever used those? You better raise your hand over here. I know she has. Yeah. So we've got a few people. If you don't feel like cooking supper, you don't even have to go get it now. Somebody's going to bring it to your door. And even when we're in times of drought, we can still get water. But in other parts of the world, famine and drought is experienced daily. And it's a big issue. And there's a lot of times in the Bible uh, where famine and drought are mentioned. And that's what we're going to be looking at today in 1 Kings 17. And just a little bit of what's going on. The prophet Elijah had just declared that there's going to be a drought in the land. And it's going to happen until I say so. So 
Elijah declares all this, and then he's just out walking around. I'm, I'm assuming he's hiding. I would probably try to find him and say, hey, it's over, dude. You know, call it off. But he's just walking out, and he's, he's hanging out in this place called Keith Ravine. And he's just hanging out by this little bubbling brook that's, that's going by. So he's got water whenever he wants it. And the, he's got ravens that are bringing him meat and bread every evening. Old Testament grub hub, who knew, you know? But eventually the brook dried up, and he heads to Zarephath. And that's where we're going to pick up in verse 8 in 1 Kings 17. And it says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath, and as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God, I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. How cool would that be? I want a cookie jar like that. Some chips ahoy. Actually, let's, let's just say Oreos. They're vegan. It's a little more politically correct now. So, so I got a jar of Oreos. Anytime I go, there's Oreos in there. So this woman was in a bad spot. We can all agree there. And she needed a miracle or something major to happen in her life. Have you ever felt that desperate? Like you've hit the bottom, there's no hope, and you've cried out to God needing something. Some type of miracle in your life. A physical miracle. A spiritual miracle. A financial miracle. A relationship miracle. When we feel hopeless, that's when we cry out. Which brings us to our first point. We look for a miracle when we're desperate. Now, being a single mom is tough, but could you imagine having to be like the widow during this time? You know, she didn't work. Her husband would have provided everything for her during this time. And I wonder how long he was dead. I would say it's been a while because she's out of everything. And, you know, I'm sure the villagers helped her out as much as they could. But this time was getting tough on everybody. Uh, it says that the famine lasted three and a half years. And did anybody in here ever ask anything from God before you were a, Chris, a Christian? You know, cried out. I know plenty of people who have. I did. I'd be at a bad spot and I would cry out to God because it felt like I was at the rock bottom. And that all my hope was gone. And I would assume that this woman cried out for help. Really to whoever would listen and help her out. She was about to die. And based on the text, the God that she would have worshipped would not have been our God, if any at all. Um, in that area, that region at the time, there were many gods. 
course, Baal was the big one that time. And just a side note, uh, Zarephath means smelting shop. So those of you all that know kind of the story of Elijah, a little later on, he calls down fire and melts all kinds of stuff. I just thought it was a pretty cool correlation, you know. But in verse 12, she says, I swear by the Lord your God. So that means that she recognized God, our God, Yahweh, but she didn't call him hers. That's kind of like saying, God, if you're there, hear me. But whereas followers of Christ, we can say, God, I know you're there, and I know you hear me. Yeah, it's when we hit rock bottom, like I've said, that's when we want to cry out. Hebrews 4.16 says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. God knows what we need the most. God knew what this widow needed and he had a plan. And he was going to use Elijah to perform a miracle in this lady's life. But this woman was going to have to give up something. And that brings us to our second point, which is a miracle requires obedience and sacrifice. So God told Elijah when we first read that God himself had instructed a widow to feed him. Elijah arrives, the widow's there. Me, I'd have probably been like Forrest Gump, Lieutenant Dave. Hey, widow, I know something's about to go down. Yeah, I, I don't think it really went like that, you know. But he just simply went to her and asked for what she had left. Now, if I was the widow, I'd been like, who's this guy? He's coming up and asking, for, asking me for water, for bread. You know, he's asking me for stuff that I don't really have. I'm running out of. She agrees. Now, why did she agree? It didn't say. But God did say he had instructed her, but it didn't say how he was going to instruct her. But here she is gathering sticks. That means she was even too poor for firewood. I'm not a camper. I can't start a fire with just sticks, so we'd have just gone hungry. We'd have been chugging the oil or something like that. But that's where she was. She was too poor for even have firewood. And she only had a handful of flour and a little bit of cooking oil. Now, the flour that she had would have been more like a cornmeal, something like that we have now. And the oil would have been olive oil. And if you look at the Hebrew word here and you look throughout the Old Testament, a lot of times the same word is used for anointing oil. And also during this time, olive oil was currency. You could use it as money. You could trade with it and things like that. She, here she is. She is willing to use the last of her money to help feed a stranger. Did she sacrifice this reluctantly? I think so. She was obedient, and she sacrificed. Is the last thing you want to do when you have nothing left, when it feels like you don't have anything else, is to give? No, we want to hang on to everything just in case we need it. We want to cling on to it and not give it away. You know, when we need a healing, God might ask us for some faith and some trust. Uh, when we need a miracle on our relationships, God might ask you to be the selfless one. When we need a financial miracle, just like Pastor Justin talked about last week, God might ask you to give. It doesn't make sense. But Hebrews 13, 16 says, And do not forget 
to do good and share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. The key word here is sacrifice. It, it doesn't say do good and share when you have a lot. Or only do it when you feel like it. No, I'm to do these things when I don't feel like it. When it doesn't make sense. Going back to next week, we just have to be obedient when we hear God tells us to do something. She didn't have to feed Elijah. She could have easily said, no, this is all we've got and this is what we're going to do. But the, her sacrifice of her last led to her miracle of the, of the oil and the flower jars having enough. It didn't say too much. It said it had enough. It says her family continued to eat for many days. How awesome is that? You know, Jesus could have fed the 5,000 easily. He could have had it appear in their laps. He could have brought in a food truck, uh, a food boat, I guess, something like that. But no, he asked a boy to sacrifice his lunch. And the boy did. And look at the miracle that happened at that. A lot of times we, it says we fed the 5,000. It actually says 5,000 men. You had families, too. There was easily 15,000 people that were fed from this kid's lunch. A lot of time before Jesus performed a miracle, he asked something of somebody. And before the miracle of the oil and the flour could happen, this woman had to give up her last meal. She's the one that had to sacrifice. She had to do this. Which brings us to our third point, that miracles can require work. Now, almost everybody who knows me knows I love soccer. I'm excited. Next Sunday, England's Premier League kicks off. <laughs> Just me? Good. All right. Me and the three hungry people. <laughs> but I love coaching soccer. And it's a huge part of who I am. And I've talked about it, but years ago when Amy was a housewife and the kids were growing up, we got into a tough spot financially. Now, we weren't as bad as the widow gathering sticks, don't ask our kids that, because they would come up to us looking like the little kid from Oliver. Excuse me, Mommy, might I have some porridge? We have no bread to eat. No. But, so times are tough. You know, we did, we Dave Ramsey did. Everybody knows Dave Ramsey? We ate beans and rice one week, and then the next, next week we ate rice and beans. Did I say it right? Did I say it right? Good. Um, now, but money was tight, so we're asking God for a miracle. Now... Publisher's Clearinghouse didn't show up on my, on my doorstep. Am I dating myself saying that? Is there still Publisher's Clearinghouse? Okay, good. They never showed up, though. I was wanting them to. And I never got that check from a rich relative in the mail. Now, one thing is that we started eating at my mom's house and Amy's mom's house a lot more. And we, we brought our own Tupperware. I'm just saying, you know, we've had to teach, <laughs> we've had to teach our kids that, too. <laughs> and... Um, but what did happen during this tough time when we needed this financial miracle is I got the opportunity to get paid to coach soccer. Something that I already loved doing, I was going to start getting paid for it. Now, it wasn't an extravagant amount of money, but it was enough to help out. But I had to be willing to do the work to get paid for it. And, you know, God's still blessing us through that today. And how many times when we need something from God, do we just ask for it and just sit there and wait? We wait on God to move. We, we wait for that lottery number to hit. 
or that check to come in the mail, or that car we need to show up in the driveway. We need that other person to apologize first so the relationship can be healed. No, we sit and wait. Think, let's think back to the woman. Every time she went to the cupboard, there was oil and flour, but it would have been so much cooler if every time she went to the cupboard, there was a big old piping hot basket of Logan's Rolls. You know, it's like, hey, we're hungry. Go get a roll. No, no, there was oil and flour. She had to mix the oil. She had to mix the flour. She had to bake it, and then they could eat. And it said they ate good. Think about what you need from God and begin to see if all the parts are there. But he's waiting on you to put it together. You know, I've always been somewhat short of stature and big of belly. Um, I will blame genetics some. But a lot of this is grippos and hot dogs. I'm not going to lie. You know, I want to be in shape. I'd love to run a marathon. I'd like to dunk a basketball. I don't know if that's going to happen. But um, I'd like an eight-pack because eight's better than six, right? We all want an eight-pack. Just me. Okay. No. But, but I could pray to God for that. And do I think he could do it? I do. Will he? I doubt it. But just in case, Lord, we come to you right now. <laughs> when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> no. No, God, if I want those things, God has provided a way. I can exercise. I can eat better. I can do all these things. It requires work. You know, whatever situation you find yourself in right now, God has provided a way out. Don't forget this. Don't wait on a miracle to just happen, though. Be willing to work for it. Because a lot of the times we have to sacrifice to see increase. Luke 6:38 says, "Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back." Have we has a lot of y'all have you heard that before? A lot of times we hear this when it comes to giving money. You know, we we when we were in Jamaica on a mission trip, they sang that before every offering. Do you remember how it went? I'm not going to sing it, no. No, I don't have, I'm not Pastor Justin, so. Uh, but they would sing that before every offering. But this doesn't just apply to money. It applies to your time, my money, my resources. What am I willing to sacrifice to receive? If you ask God what he, what he needs you to give up, he'll tell you. But you have to be willing to do it. You don't know how you'll be blessed, but you also don't know who you'll bless, which brings us to, and I'm being a rebel here, our fourth point. God uses people to bless people. You know, through Elijah, the, the widow received a miracle. But Elijah also got something from God through her sacrifice. God told Elijah he was going to do something, and he did it. That just backs up that whenever God says he's going to do something, he is going to do it. You know, Paul, think of the story of Paul. Paul had the meeting with Jesus, and he was blinded. 
And he's just, he's wandering around. And God told a man named Ananias to go find Paul. And now at this time, Saul, or Paul as he later becomes known as, was a persecutor of Christians. That's what he did. Yet Ananias was still obedient and went. We're going to pick up in Acts 9, 13. And it says, but Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as the people of Israel. Ananias was putting his life on the line to go find Paul, but he was obedient. Now, all of us in here, not all of us can be a Paul, but each and every one of us can be an Ananias if we obey God. You know, think of the story in Peter and John when they saw the beggar that had been doing this for his entire life, and all he wanted was money. But in Acts 3, it says, Peter and John looked at him, the beggar, intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting to some, for some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, get up and walk. So through them, this man got what he needed, not what he wanted. I'd be willing to bet that each and every one of us in here today needs something. And we all need something from God. Here in just a few minutes, there's going to be people up front that want to pray for you and they want to pray with you. During this time, though, here's what I want you to do. I want you to reflect on your current situation. And look to try and see what God has given you. And if he's just waiting on you to put it together. Look to see who God has brought into your life. Who God has you surrounded with. Maybe that's where your miracle lies. You know, last week, Pastor talked about being obedient. Elijah and the widow were both obedient. And they both received something from God. Are you someone's Elijah? Or are you someone's widow? So during this time, push in. Draw close to God. Put your need out there to him. And he'll make it apparent to you what you need to do. Let us pray. Father God, we are just so thankful that when we cry out to you, that you listen. That you know what we need. And God, that you will provide for us. But Lord, I just pray that all of our eyes be opened to what you're doing in our lives. And show us how you are giving us the parts to the miracle we need. Lord, use us to speak to each other, to encourage each other, 
to share with each other. Lord, I thank you that you use your people to encourage, to help, and to build each other up. Again, Lord, we are just so thankful. And Lord, I pray that we can just begin to hear your voice more clearly. Speak into our lives. We thank you for the blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, this is Pastor Justin from Capital Vineyard Community Church in Frankfort, Kentucky. Thanks for listening to our weekly message. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit us at capitalvineyard.org or on social media at at Cap Vineyard. Thanks for listening, and God bless.